Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If you are not, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with academia, innovators, startups, NGOs, all looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. My name is Samuel Ettini, and this is The Sustainability Journey. Today, I'm very happy to have two changemakers. We're interviewing a couple people that are on a mission to solve the problem of the world. They want to take agroforestry to another level and have the mission to transform how we produce and how we interact with the land. We're no longer the exploitative agriculture, but a new model, which is balancing nature, ecosystem, and our production of the food. I am very happy for this third episode to have here Paula Costa and Walter Zantioni from Brazil. Hello, Hello. Samueli. Hi, Samueli. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We've been in contact for so long. Mm. And it's great to have this little time to talk yeah. a little bit more. Actually, it's an amazing honor knowing the work you do in Africa, in Kenya. That for us is a really honor to be able to spread a little bit of our work, to have this chance to broadcast what you are doing in agroforestry here in Brazil and all over the world. So thank you so much. Obrigado, obrigado. Eu estou muito contento. I am very happy. I'm very happy to have you because you are really changing the, the world. And the, the purpose of the podcast is also to create South-South uh, connection to really to share and change where also the need is the most. Can you please introduce yourself, your experiences uh, a bit, just a, a quick overview to, to yeah. who we are talking to, maybe Paula. I am a forest engineer mm-hmm. and a biologist as well. Uh, I've been working, I did biology first, so I worked a lot with forest restoration, recovery of degraded landscapes and monitoring of uh, fauna and flora. And uh, since I studied forest engineer, I focused my study and my work on biodiverse production system, from silviculture to agroforestry systems especially. So I had a long experience in the Brazilian Amazon uh, in many contexts with smallholder farmers, with indigenous communities, with, well, many traditional uh, people in the forest and managing the forest and especially uh, planting agroforestry systems. And then I met Walter in a project we were working together uh, in Fazenda da Toca, where we had the challenge to apply this knowledge, this empirical knowledge of the small scale and systematize it to make agroforestry viable to the large scale. And there we had a lot of experience and we noticed how this was a great demand, how people are really looking for that technical knowledge. And from that moment on, we decided to start Preta Terra and share a little bit more of this knowledge and of course develop it because there's so much more knowledge to develop. With Preta Terra, we've been doing that for five years now, almost, almost, almost five, five years. years. Well, I'm Walter Ziantoni from Brazil, also and almost completing 16 years of working in agroforestry. So I started young. I am also a forester, a forest engineer, actually. I have a master's in agroforestry. I studied in Bangor, North Wales, in the UK, uh, where I learned uh, 
how to work better uh, with the local knowledge and understanding the, the people's vision and trying to translate that into a sustainable approach. And basically, from since my very beginning at the university, I worked with communities, agroforestry, indigenous tribes, and for several companies, including UNDP, FIO, uh, what brought me to Southeastern Asia, working in Laos, Laos PDR. I also worked quite a lot in Africa. I did my master's in Zambia, and uh, we have together now with Paula more than six years uh, working in the Brazilian Amazon. That includes uh, with Preta Terra, it includes like India, Indonesia, Costa Rica, Costa Rica other countries in, in South America. But basically, my whole approach is uh, from the local knowledge point of view, from the smallholder farmers, the forest dependent people, how they see the solutions, how they see the approach, and how we can design projects that are sustainable for all stakeholders. What we aim at is to disseminate, to spread the forestry to everyone, everywhere, to make all landscape that is with agriculture now occupied with agroforestry production. So a more biodiverse, with trees, with more balance with nature. So that's our goal. That is wonderful. I think it's, it's a very comprehensive mission, but really a change maker. And I want to ask, what is Pratata? What does it mean? because it's a Brazilian. So I think it's usually the language and the name gives already an indication of your mission. And I think you used a name that is linked with the soil. First of all, for me, Preta uh, Terra means my life. It became our life. So it means everything. As an intelligence hub for agroforestry, that we wanted to bring agroforestry to everyone, everywhere on the planet. And we are doing our best and gathering the best people we can have. And we are open for everyone. We are very simple people, but we are trying to do our best to make our dream come true. Uh, come true. It actually means Black Earth. If you ever heard about Amazonian Dark Earths or these indigenous Dark Earths that we have in the Amazon. So everybody says that the soil in the Amazon is not fertile because it doesn't have uh, many nutrients. It doesn't have a proper CEC, right? Cation so, exchange the capacity. Exactly. So very low CEC and it's not a proper soil for agriculture. But we have a few remnants in spread along the forest. So a few patches, uh, patches no? of super dark and black and fertile, ultra fertile soil that goes deep down, like five, six meters down. It was a result of the management that these ancient people that lived in the Amazon did from the forest, resulted in a super, super fertile soil. So this is super inspiring from us. Firstly, because these people were able to manage the forest without destroying it, actually just enriching it. So bringing more edible foods, making the forest a food forest. And secondly, they were able to improve their environment. So uh, nowadays we think that it's from human nature to destroy, to degrade, but actually our true nature is to restore, uh, is to make it better. What we want to do, like what really inspires us is to find again this true nature of human beings that is 
to make the, the landscape better. We also have a kind of black earth in, uh, that they call Nordic black mm -hmm. earth. It occurred in some parts of Germany and up north. And it's also unexplained until now, up to today, uh, how this soil was created. What you, we know is that um, uh, that is an anthropogenic uh, process created by, uh, it's man-made, you know, it's human-made, but we don't know how exactly. So, but that's the thing it brings. Uh, even though we don't know how to do, we know that ancestor people did things that recovered and uh, make the soil better. We are not just people that degraded, but we can do better. It is the indigenous knowledge and the indigenous knowledge that was there, let me say an agro-ecosystem together that was creating together and living in, in harmony with nature, especially from the business perspective. Climate change and the failure to address climate change can be a, a real issue, you know, even for businesses and the economy. Of course, the Global Risk Report, the World Economic Forum, puts the climate change as one of the top priorities. So we have here, your solution seems to approach to have an holistic solution because you also approach the production, the climate change, the sequestration. So what are the benefits of your agro-system, agro-forest? Why is better than the traditional agriculture? What we do is mimic the process that the forest does. In other words, every single place on earth is trying to be a forest. Unless you are in the poles, in the Antarctica, in the North Pole, or if you are in the middle of the Sahara, most of the places are trying to be a forest, even the Sahara, even the North Pole, it will be a forest at some point in time, especially with climate change, it will be a forest. Everywhere is trying to be a forest. What we did as human beings is destroying and making all the lands into herbaceous or field lands. When you remember the classic uh, landscape of, um, of Toscana, those fields, this is uh, wheat, but wheat is not natural there. Those fields were created, so those are not natural fields. Like Toscana is trying to be a forest. As everywhere in Brazil, all soybeans plantations are trying to be a forest. Of course, if you want to maintain our production and being human beings and producing food, we cannot let everything be a forest as it is, like a natural and wild forest. But we have a middle way we have a solution that is called agroforestry. We can turn all monocrop in the world into agroforestry. We can plant trees, bring trees to the crops, bring crops beneath the trees, and together we can do a cultivation, a kind of agriculture that uses trees to bring shade, biodiversity, and resilience. And together with this, I will now address your uh, very question. Together, we will bring all the solutions you are looking for. A tree is the main and most important machine we have in hands to fix carbon, to sequester carbon from the atmosphere. So if you have more trees, we will have less carbon in the atmosphere. We can fix all this carbon. You can produce wood. You can use more wood instead of being used cement, plastic, and all other degraded or bad uh, solutions we have for construction, for building, for structure. We can have more fertile soils. We can have more water infiltration, biodiversity, insects, birds, animals, wild animals, natural corridors. Yeah, because in the end, is what's the benefits of having trees in the landscape? 
and in a biodiverse way because the trees they are such an amazing machine of course because uh Walter just said it fixes carbon but it's profound roots they help to cycle. to cycle nutrients in the deep layers of the soil and bring it to the surface in layers in the soil that other crops short uh, root crops wouldn't be able to reach so it helps to cycle nutrients so you can use better your soil also it creates a microclimate it helps us to to regulate the climate the world climate so the more trees you have in the landscape the better the climate will be so everybody knows that if you are under a tree it's much better in the summer than if you don't have the trees just as simple as that so first thing having trees is good for the landscape it's good for the planet and it can be good for the farmers as well because it's an opportunity to diversify your income because the trees also produce, uh, also have products. You can have nuts, you can have essential oil, you can have timber, you can have all kinds of material from the trees. It reminds me, I read just a paper about the creation of microclimate. It was a microclimate, mesoclimate, and the discussion. And I think at the small scale farmer level, we can really change the way and break the cycle of degradation Pressure, anthropic pressure, further degradation, erosion, retention of soil, and poverty. My question is, you know, you have a passion there. I think one of the iconic movies that was presented in Paris, you know, uh, was about this, uh, this system that you are presenting. You know, I think the most famous agroforestry system that really came from, as well, from Brazil. It was presented, was the Life in Syntropy documentary that was presented in Paris in 2015 at the UN Conference for Climate Change. I want to understand now, because for, for the listeners, how does it work, you know? And the second question is this, can be applied everywhere? Is it universal? Because that is, that is another question that, you know, if you want to bring the change, it needs to be planetary. Very good question. It is, okay? That's for the listeners. Uh, that's planetarian that can be brought to everywhere in the world, every climate, and we are going to explain why. There's one thing I want to mention, since you mentioned the microclimate, the mesoclimate. I was reading also a paper of a terrarium, of a microclimate bottle, like a glass bottle, uh, a big one, uh, but a small one that stays in the table, that was planted in the 70s, it was created in the 70s, and the tap was sealed sealed by oxid, completely sealed, and is still there and has never been irrigated since the 70s. It's really amazing. We'll share with you later and you can share the link with the listeners. It's really nice to see how things are connected and you can see that in a small bottle. So the plant is pretty much the same. So you asked about like uh, life in syntropy. We, we had the opportunity to work side by side with Ernest Gotch and the Fazenda da Toca. And also, um, I know him since uh, 2001, and I have been seeing his work, and it's very beautiful. It's more syntropic. So he takes agroforestry, turns into something that is very poetic and very beautiful, and mimics uh, really well what nature strives to converse, to say to us. And you had this amazing opportunity of being working side by side. So you, we, we knew, we really knew uh, syntropy from inside 
understood the meaning and how we can work together and use plants and biomass to create soil and to improve ecology, to improve yield, to improve the whole environment, not considering just the yield or just the production, but the whole environment and the connection between plants and everything. And from that point is when we realized we really wanted, you really dreamed to bring agroforestry to everyone, everywhere in the world, we should be able to design a way, a methodology that could go beyond a syntopy, that could be applicable for every single system in the world, every single biome. And that is where we came up with what is Pretaterra now. So the, the thing is, what we want so that agroforestry is scalable, not only to Brazil, not only to tropical regions, not only to small scale, but really to everywhere. We need to plan it and systematize it. So I think first things, uh, we should make everybody know what, what we mean by agroforestry, right? Because it's not that complicated, actually. You just put trees in the landscape. You just have trees in a biodiverse way in the agricultural landscape. That's pretty much it. And agroforestry can be in many forms, in many arrangements with all kinds of species composition. But what we do is to plan the system in a way that is replicable, elastic, and scalable. How do we do that? I think that the, the logic that Walter always studied this uh, local knowledge acquisition for us is the main source of information for us to start planning a system so we understand which are the species in the location uh, which are the species that the farmers are already used to working with that they have the market available to commercialize their products and everything so we have a huge list of species and how these uh, farmers manage these species then we plan the arrangement of these species in a system in a way that it's, uh, first of all, modular. So what does modular means? We plan the system considering all the parameters within one hectare, for instance, or one acre if the farmer is used to an acre, or one square meter if it's a super small area. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that all the planification must be done to uh, one module, one fixed area, so that if we want to scale, we just multiply to the, the entire area that we want to have. Secondly, when we say it's elastic, we plan the system considering functional groups, not really species, but functional groups. So the species are grouped into these functional groups and they are arranged in the system. And then the farmer can choose to each functional group which species they are interested in, in having, in putting in their system. So for instance, in the Amazon, we had uh, one functional group that we call uh, long cycle timber and high value tree. And we have like a, a huge list of species. Usually the, the Brazil nut is one of them. The rosewood is another. Uh, Pumaru is another one. So there are many species that are native and that have products, that provide products and are within this functional group. And then the farmer can say, oh, I'm interested 
only implanting Brazil nut for this functional group because for me, I have the market, I'm interested in having this product. So that's what I'm going to have. The other farmer can choose 10 species. And so that's how you can add complexification for the design and systematization and uh, make it, it scalable. So to each new region you get, you design a different system, you systematize all the uh, inputs, all the seedlings, all the costs, and all the revenues expected in the system. And everybody, and everything with adherency, yeah. everything filtered by the local knowledge, the local perception, and the understanding of, from the local people. I think it is a really an holistic system, which is the benefit for me as a farmer to employ agroforestry versus traditional agriculture with pesticides and you know monoculture. Is agroforestry more productive than monoculture or no? Which is the business case of agroforestry? Agriculture is actually a very risky investment because we don't know if the rain is coming. We don't know if the prices of the products that we're going to sell will be the same as we expected when we planted it. We don't know if the price of the inputs will change. So agriculture is a super risky investment. And when we talk about investment, the key thing is to diversify. We don't want to get all our resources, all our funds, and put all the eggs in the same basket. If we're talking about, I don't know, the stock market, I'm not going to put all my money in only one uh, stock right? In only one company. No, I'm going to diversify because if I have a problem with one part, if one of them just doesn't work that well, we have the other ones that are a little bit more balanced, you know? So it's the same thing with agriculture. We shouldn't have monoculture because it's too risky to diversify the market, diversify their source of income. That's the first thing of all. Of course, that if we have one plot with four species, we'll have a less area for each species, right? So within each plant or within each species, they will produce a little bit less because there is less individuals per hectare of that species. You don't need to produce the maximum as possible of soybeans, for instance. You can produce a little bit less, but you're investing your land, your time also with different products so that you can have a diversification for your income. If you are the farmer, the most important thing you have is your soil, is your productive system. And uh, there is no tree, no crop, no anything if you have no soil. It's not hydroponics. You have to treat your soil as a living thing. And if you don't carry, you don't carry about your soil, if you don't protect it, shading, putting biomass, creating the right conditions, having biodiversity, microlife and everything, you're going to lose. So if you decided to maximize yields, as you have done so many times as humanity, you end up without the most important thing you have. And fortunately, people are starting to understand that you have to focus on soil, on the trees, and on everything that you can. You as a farmer will have all benefits. If resilience you, is the most important. Resilience and having your farm. If yeah. you don't do agroforestry now, in little time, you have no farm. Yeah. Have Climate no farm. change is here.
um, uh, the, uh, the abuse of uh, chemical inputs is here. The price of chemical inputs is here. Relying on chemical inputs, relying on irrigation because the soil has no water infiltration, no water capacity. Everything is happening at once. Climate change to help this process. So if you don't do agroforestry now, we will do it anyway. So starting uh, sooner is better. That is wonderful. I think what you have touched, you know, for the business case, it really reminded me of, the, of a document of the Obama administration that in 2016 is called the future of soils in the United States. And it highlighted that soil is the most precious resource. That is in the United States, one of the biggest producer of uh, industrial agriculture and monoculture, the Obama administration and I mean, the, the National Science Council actually listed what you have just said, soil degradation and overutilization is one of the biggest stress even for national security of the United States. So we have really, even government and tribe are really now trying and understanding these challenges. We cannot be business as usual, especially with the threat of climate change. This leads me to a question. Change does not happen as Cotter <laughs> taught us without creating a sense of urgency. How do you spread the word? And I want you to explain me your wonderful academia, Preta Terra Academia, for the agroforesters of the world. Um, well, uh, we started the Preta Terra with a single belief that agroforestry should go to everyone everywhere. And we understood that there were too many, or not, not, not too many, but a lot of papers written, but they are in shelves. They are in not accessible. libraries. They are around the world, but not as accessible to the farmers and to normal people. And everything is too technical, either too technical or too narrow. So we understood from the very beginning that we should start doing a work on social media, social network. We should do and film and register our day by day, our life, and um, do our best to spread the words. And then it evolves. Now we are creating a proper academia, the Preta Terra Academy. It's about to be one of the most, the greatest, the biggest agroforestry academia learning space in the world. We are starting that in Portuguese. It's about to come in July. We already have some courses online, but those are supposed to be uh, the most broad courses that starts from the very beginning to mm -hmm. the most applied courses on yeah, agroforestry. Yeah. All the advanced courses, including carbon quantification, techniques, uh, decision-making for machinery, and everything you have to know to start your own farm from scratch. Yeah, and what we tried to do with Preta Terra, well, the, the academy part is super important for us, but also we work with projects. So we have many partners. We have NGOs, governments, co-off-taker companies that buy uh, agricultural products. And all these people just work with us so that we implement agroforestry projects. So we plan with the farmers, we implement these agroforestry systems, we train them, we do capacity building with them so that they are empowered in the management 
and we see all the way through how the agroforestry is growing, how the system is establishing and everything. I think that uh, one thing that we did in the last few years also is that now we have our own farm. Uh, we are coffee producers. We need to show by doing, right? We need to teach by doing. That's why uh, we want to, we are also farmers. We are also agricultural producers. And another thing that we want to do is to spread this idea to our neighbors, to our partners very close to us, so to other smallholder farmers that live around us. So this last year, actually, in last December, we launched a project that is called Agroforestry in Tinguri, which is the name of the municipality where we are. And we got a fund a grant actually from UBS Optimus Foundation, the foundation of the, the bank UBS. And they are helping us to implement 100 hectares of agroforestry within the municipality where we are right now. So we are super happy because uh, we want to change our landscape. We want to drive every day in the roads where we are and see agroforestry everywhere. So that's what we aim at, that's why we work, because we want to see landscape different. So one approach is projects, is working with the farmers, and another approach is teaching people, is building capacity for farmers and technical people who are going to work with them. Yeah, the, the word is, uh, there is no impact if it's not shared. We have to share knowledge. The real impact has to be shared. Doesn't mean anything to do one thing alone. We have to do it around. I think that is, there's no impact if it's not shared. I think is where your mission is. Exactly. And, exactly. and you know, I want to talk a bit. You, you mentioned the UBS. You are part of even a broader network. You are part of the Bioeconomy Alliance. Uh, you are part of a global network of change makers, really to change the way we approach the planet and really to save our planet. Can you explain me a bit this? Talking a little bit about, uh, there are different things. We are in different fronts. Uh, one uh, that you have been most honored to be called, uh, to participate, to be founder members is the Circular Bioeconomy Alliance. That is an alliance created, fomented, and supported and fostered by His Royal Highness, uh, the Prince of Wales, the, the Prince Charles. And he created and are fostering economically and supporting this alliance to change the world, to change the world through many fronts since uh, the use of uh, sustainable inputs, but also changing agriculture into agroforestry. And we are leading this front, this agroforestry front in the Circular Bioeconomy Alliance. We are starting a project in Ghana next month, the months to come. Uh, we have another project in India about to start. And there are other several projects that we are discussing now, and they are about to start. So the Alliance is something very new. Uh, the Alliance started this very year, 2021. It is now consolidating partners, and we will be one of the biggest fronts in the world. Mm -hmm. Together with the Alliance, we also got this fund from UBS. UBS is one of the biggest banks in the world, and they have a foundation called the UBS Optimus Foundation. They, they trust on us. This is a very own project. This is There is no partners besides the 
the local stakeholders, uh, the partners that they are here, but it's only Preta Terra and the UBS Optimus Foundation that found that they designed these projects that we designed here to implement the agroforestry system in our surrounds. Uh, so we are involving 35 families and implementing 100 hectares of agroforestry uh, around our farm, our own farm. So that's amazing. They trust on us. And that's only the beginning. This is a project that is starting with this pilot phase, that's 100 hectares, but you are supposed to jump it to 1,000 hectares after 18 months. When we finish implementing this one, we are creating the very momentum and buffer for the start of the 1,000 hectares buffer and corridors using agroforestry systems here. Uh, because it's what you said, it's... It's kind of urgent, you know? We are in the decade of restoration and everybody's talking about that. Everybody's willing to help and to do something. So we feel this urgency. We are trying to run as fast as we can. So we are doing many projects at the same time. We are working in our own land. We are building capacity to more people, to reach more people online. So the idea is to spread agroforestry. By the end of this decade, we can have so many hectares implemented, so many. Here in Africa, in Asia, in, in the whole Latin America. So what we want is to restore land to, bio, to make more uh, biodiverse and resilient production systems. I want to compliment you. Have your, have given you my compliments because it's so important to what you're doing, like giving voice to the southern parts of the world. It's really nice and it's really cool that you are not native English speakers as uh, nor we are. Mm -hmm. And I think all the listeners can note that, right? <laughs> and that's pretty cool because we can bring the real ideas. We can bring, you can break this wall and you can go through the whole southern parts of the world and talk about the forest and regenerative agriculture to everyone, everywhere. And that's what we are trying to do. That's what you are helping us to do right now, Samuel. Thank you so much. This will be a very good conclusion. I think, you know, that is where passion is. The passion of changing and transforming the environment. As you say, the decades of the regeneration. And I think also with the, the alliance, the circular alliance, that is the, the purpose is to invest our meeting innovators and solutions no, for a bio let us say by a circular recommended regeneration, I think is very important because it's also an indication that these frameworks are no longer part of a small uh, nucleus of people, but now they are becoming mainstream. And I think this is very important and is we need really an avalanche of, uh, of movement to really change the tide of climate change and uh, and really eat what is now it the, the triple bottom line. I think Preta Terra gives and eat the triple bottom line, you know, the people, the planet and profit uh, for farmers everywhere re resoundingly. And I think you stated the case uh, very, very good. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping really to, to give this message to the world because we really need to change. And the, the time for change is, is now, if not yesterday. Usually in your journey and in your creation, which are the lessons learned and which is the piece of advice that you want to give to the listeners 
there is only more to learn. Yeah. There's always more to learn. Yeah. That's never enough. When you think you know something for real, rethink, listen to people, look around, study. There's more to learn. Yeah, I would say that this uh, this is a humble point of view also because we learn so much for the, from the farmers, actually. We are just facilitators, you know? We just connect the knowledges. We just systematize the knowledge that is already there, you know? So, yeah, I think that always being open to learn and to connect to people, to be close to people. Because nowadays we are in this... Uh, in this very tense moment where people are not really talking to each other and they are very uh, tense and away from each other. But what we want to do is to reconnect, bring people together, to find solutions together without stress, without fights, but with uh, a more constructive way. So I think uh, being humble and open to people is the most important thing. And share your your knowledge always yeah. share your knowledge i think it's wonderful i think you have given us you know that the purpose of the podcast is giving hope and also give as as the slogan say the plural perspective the common objectives we are taking people from all over the world and all over the fields to give solution and your solution i think is the solution for changing the planet, changing the way we also interact with the soil, we interact with our plant, we interact with the, the ecosystems and recreate a natural way of production, which is actually an indigenous way of production, as you, as you mentioned, and yeah. live again in harmony with our planet, especially for the benefits of the future generation. I, I have no words to thank you. I'm very, very happy. And I think we will talk more, but we will also maybe have a follow-up to see where you are and where is taking you this mission. You mentioned India, Ghana, and all over the planet, Spain. The world is really open, and I think the time for agroforestry is now. Thank you so much, Paula and Walter. It's an honor. Thank you, Samueli. Thank you, Samueli. Thank you so much for helping us also spread the word. And well, count on us, we would love to come back here again. Let you know and bring more news about our project, our projects. Thank you so much. Are you better off after this wonderful episode? For the next one, hold on, we are going to have a wonderful story, an inspiring one. And we will discuss about sustainable fashion. Is it possible?